Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Can we please stand and share with a prayer together? Thank you, Heavenly Father, for today, an opportunity to be in your presence and to receive your holy word. Lord, we ask that none of us would leave this place the same. We ask, O oh Lord, that your spirit would lead us, guide us, and that, Lord, we will truly be ready for all that you are about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Um, turn with me to the book of Revelation, and I am going to share with you um, what I shared during the third service. Prepare for the end. Amen. Prepare for the, prepare for the end of the world. Now, in in the world, as we go along, you will find um, that many people are preparing for different things. People are preparing for their weddings, they are preparing to build houses, preparing to move into houses. And last week we spoke and shared about having a vision, having a good vision a good spiritual vision and uh, having a good family vision a good uh, vision financially and uh, today I want to emphasize on the importance of having a, a very strong spiritual vision now what you will find is that um, there comes a lot of pressure on the church pressure to turn the church into a social institution pressure to turn the church into a social action group pressure to turn the church into an educational agency a political party sometimes pressure to turn the church into some kind of relief organization ladies and gentlemen the church is a very peculiar unique organization which is assigned to a particular important task and that task is for us to preach the word of god to teach the word of god to bring people to jesus christ to cast out devils to pray for the sake to raise the dead and uh, to let everyone on this earth know as far as is within our ability that Jesus Christ is real and that he's coming again. Amen. amen. Can I have an amen? amen? So you will find that uh, pressure comes to bear even on pastors. 
to preach about social things. Amen. Social events and social activities. And pressure comes to bear even on the pastors and on the churches to move more into socially, what they call socially relevant things. You know, there are many people who believe that unless the church uh, maybe opens a hospital, opens a school, or does some kind of um, relief organization, relief work, the church is not relevant. It's not relevant to the society. Now, that is a lie from the devil. Because the church's relevance to this uh, society, to this world, is not in its ability to build schools. We have built the best schools. We have built the best hospitals. They are all from the church. That's the fact. The best, the first, and the best schools and hospitals in this country are from the church. But you see, that is not the primary job of the church. It's like saying to salt that unless we can have enough of salt to eat, you know, like how we eat rice, you know, there should be salt here and there should be stew here. We take the, the salt and then we eat. Unless the salt is a lot, it's not relevant. No, salt has a particular function. It's supposed to give some particular taste to the food. That's all. It's very small of it. It's needed to do its job. And when it's done its job, its job is different from rice, from kinky, from anything else, from whatever is your stew is. So, ladies and gentlemen, the church has a particular role. And I am preaching to you today about the spiritual vision that I believe God has for all of us. You see, you need to have a vision in 1999 to achieve certain things spiritually, to achieve certain things financially, to achieve certain things uh, in your family, in your marriage, in your personal life. And we talked about that last week. How many were here when we shared about that? All right, wonderful. Now, we do need to have a spiritual vision. And today, I am, I am sharing with you that the spiritual vision is very important. It's more important than all your other aspirations. Amen. Amen. You will discover that it's more important than all your other aspirations. Because, ladies and gentlemen, the next major event in this world, which CNN is going to cover, the next major event with BBC is going to cover, is what I call the extraction. You see, there are going to be three major events. The extraction, then the distraction, and then the peace is going to come. The peace is going to come by the reigning of Jesus Christ on this earth. The extraction is going to come by Jesus Christ extracting his people from this earth. Ladies and gentlemen, it's easy to see that the world is going to be destroyed. Can you not see that the world is going to be destroyed? We can, it's, it's just a matter of time. Look at Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein cannot be stopped. Eh? There are many despots like him. There are many wicked people in positions of power. But it's easy to see. Human beings have never made a weapon that they did not use. I say human beings have not made weapons that they did not use. So the nuclear arsenal in, in Russia, in the Ukraine, in different parts of the world will be used. America's nuclear weapons will be used. Britain, nice peaceful country, looks very nice and very peaceful, 
full of nuclear weapons, ready to attack, ready to shoot, directed at people. <laughs> chemical weapons, now chemicals, and biological weapons. To just fire them into the atmosphere, people begin to die. I mean, can you imagine something as wicked as that? You'll be breathing and you are dying. You don't even see any weapon, you don't see any gun, you just start breathing. One plane has to fly over you and just spray the whole place, and that's all. Or they don't even have to send a plane, they just fire something to come and explode over Ghana. And everybody in Ghana dies. Amen. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, there are three main things that are going to happen. Number one, the extraction. Number two, the destruction. And number three, the peace, the reign of peace on this earth. All right? Now, that major event, the event of destroying this world, is what we can see clearly as something that is, we are building up towards. We are building up towards the destruction of this earth. It's going to happen. But before the destruction of this earth, Jesus or God will extract his people. We will not go through that destruction. Amen. Amen. So when the nuclear bombs are flying, we will not be here. Is that not good news for you? Would you like to be here when the nuclear and biological weapons are being used, experimented with? Because I believe we don't have much defense for nuclear weapons here. In Switzerland, now when you build a house, you must have nuclear uh, shelters underground. It's compulsory. I've, I've been in nuclear shelters myself. I've been, I went to somebody's house and they took me underground and they showed me this concrete nuclear um, shelters. You have to build this part of the design because they, they know it's going to happen. One day. We don't have, do you have nuclear shelter in your house? <laughs> Amen. So, ladies and gentlemen, before all that begins to happen, Jesus Christ will take us out. Now, somebody will ask, Pastor, how are you so sure that Jesus will take us away? You know, how can you be sure? Number one, I can be sure because if we read First Thessalonians chapter 5, we see a very important verse there. Let's, let's turn to it, please. Verse 9, or verse, verse 1, it says, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night. But when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Verse 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 4. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. All right, verse 8. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and of love, for an helmet and the hope of salvation. Verse 9. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to, sal to obtain salvation by our lord jesus christ amen. amen what is this scripture saying it says god has not appointed us to wrath amen that means that god has not planned for us to be destroyed now if you look at 
Sodom and Gomorrah, before it was destroyed by fire, what happened? God extracted his people. He sent his angels to come and preach and told them, listen, fire is coming. Destruction is coming. And you know what? People can't believe when destruction is coming that it will really happen. Even Sierra Leone. It was difficult for me to believe that uh, Ecomog, Ecomog could be penetrated by rebels. So when are, are we, have, we have a pastor, we have, we have a congregation in Freetown and our pastor is there. And when he spoke to me, I, I, I said to him, listen, whatever you don't have to call me to come. Just come. But I said, I told him, assess the situation and decide. You don't even have to call me again. Just move. Tell the people that I say you should come. So just come. And before he realized, Ghana Airways has stopped flying there. When he went to go and try and come, Ghana Airways has stopped coming. Before even the rebels came properly. And as I, when I spoke to him the other time, he was in the house. You see, that's what I said. You can't believe that it will happen. He's in the house. Here are rebels moving around, shooting, killing, Ekomoga, bombing. And somehow it is like when the thing is coming, we can't believe that it will be possible. I believe the people in Sodom and Gomorrah, they didn't believe. So we have to pray, amen. Our pastor will come home safely, amen. But we have to, we, we, Sodom and Gomorrah, they, when they say fire will come from heaven, they say, are, are you mad? Fire will come from where? Where does fire come from? To burn us. And you, what will happen to you? And so the people laughed at them. The Bible says they, nobody believed. In fact, they were so much steeped in their sin that they, they couldn't understand or comprehend. And ladies and gentlemen, Derek Prince said something, he said that when you see homosexual, homosexual behavior so much on the ascendancy, it's a sign that God is about to destroy the whole system with fire. And that's what we have in the world today. The world is full of gay people. The world is full of homosexuals. It is very common. Many people in government, many people in important positions are homosexuals. It's part of the system. It's part of the world. It's accepted. In fact, somebody said he believed the Antichrist will be a homosexual. And it's very, very important. So when they, they preached, they said they run them out of town. They said, what do you mean? Shut up, crazy man, religious madman, fanatics. You are the religious people who are bringing religious conflicts and wars into the country. Get out. We don't need religious. If you want to be religious, build a school. Come on, build a hospital. Come on, give some relief organizations. Come on, give some help. This religious thing doesn't help. You are not relevant to the society. And only Lot... And his two daughters and his wife escaped. And the fire came down like a dream. Archaeology shows a city, Sodom and Gomorrah, having been destroyed suddenly, where life came to a halt abruptly, suddenly, being proved archaeologically. Same thing happened with Noah. Noah was a righteous man. He was preaching. God said, I'm going to destroy. He was preaching. He said, there's going to be rain. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. Hey, everybody. It's going to rain. And the people said, hey, man, the man is developing schizophrenia. He, the man is developing. He's depressed. The man is, is having mental delusions. The man is having hallucinations. The man is old. He is developing um, dementia. What is the name of that disease? Uh, Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's disease. 
Alzheimer's uh, disease. Is that not so? Yeah, he's, he's, you know, one thing that President Reagan has, you know, that's why we don't see him anymore because he's got that uh, brain, what do you call it, problem. So they said, Noah was so old, you know, he's developing Alzheimer's. So he decided to build a big boat. And the people laughed at him. <laughs> when we are talking of development, we are talking of progress, computers, megabyte, gigabyte, and other things, other bytes, you are saying you are going to build a boat. And they preached and preached and preached. Nobody believed his message. Can you believe that Noah and his three sons and his wife, that is eight people and animals, animals, lizards were being saved and the human beings were outside. Cockroaches were being saved. Goats were being saved. Cats were being saved. Leopards were being saved. They came in two by two. They were born again in the boat. <laughs> and human beings were outside. And then, the, I believe CNN was covering, CNN was covering Noah's activities. When Noah went into the boat, the Bible says that he entered into the boat with his family. I believe CNN, BBC, GTV, Metro TV, they were all there outside. They filmed Noah. As Noah went into the boat and they took pictures of him, and they took pictures of the boat, brought a headline graphic, headline chronicle. Madman enters boat, claims it's going to rain, claims rain, rain, rain. And you know what? The Bible says it did not rain for seven days. So that is one day he was in the boat, no rain. Two days, no rain. Wednesday, no rain. Thursday, no rain. He's in the boat. Madman still insists that it's going to rain. Madman insists that it's going to rain. Hey, everybody, it's going to rain. Madman insists that rain is coming. Still, no rain. Five days, six days, seven days. Then there was some sign of a cloud, you know, and then he said, oh, after the rainy season, so, 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 so. And they, are all, they all even moved their cameras and said, you know, they are going to soon get the striking force to break open that boat and take the madman out because he has captured some people hostages. This is a cult, you know. So they are going to send the striking force to enter the boat and break open the boat and capture, uh, take away Noah's children and put Noah in the uh, mental hospital. But the rain started. And the rain began to come down and it began to come. I see when it's happening, you believe you think it's not happening. Yeah. Liberia, I always remember reading in Moreover, they were the discos were working, the parties were going on, the nightlife was going on, and the rebels were coming. They didn't believe it, it would happen. But when you hear how they were in the in the in, in, in Moravia digging uh, wells in their houses, being raped and being killed and being murdered. You see that they never imagined for a single moment that what, they were, what was going to happen could ever happen. It, didn't, or it was not in their imagination. Same thing is happening now. Somebody was telling me that you could see in, in Moravia a dog holding a human leg and running across the road with the leg, human leg. And dogs too were being hunted for, for food. But you won't believe it when it's said. And that's my duty as a pastor. To preach to you the word of God. To tell you what is coming. To tell you what the Bible says. There's going to be an extraction. A rain is coming. And it rained and the people perished. All of them. Only animals were saved. Look at us in the church today. Few. 
few relative to the people outside are in, in the house of the Lord. Few. Most are not. And sometimes we are happy. We shouldn't be happy. There's a lot of work to do. And they, the rain came and the people drowned. And the people cried, rain, rain, go away. Won't you come again some other day? Rain, rain, go away. Won't you come again another day? Rain, rain, go away. Go away. Won't you come again some other day? And the, rain, the rains came down and the floods came up. And the rains came down and the floods came up. And the rains came down and the floods. And the people cried, rain, rain, go away. And they came to the boat. Noah, rain, rain. Go. And Noah said, you see, now where I am and to get the ladder, it's not possible. You, you, you just be swimming. Pray that the water will go down. Noah closed. He said, nobody should open the windows. It's over. You see, there is a time when mercy is over. If Noah had opened the boat, he had opened the doors to the boat, the, the number of people that would have come into the boat, the boat would have sunk. Yeah. When the Titanic sank many years ago, that, that, that ship Titanic, when it sank, the, there were lifeboats there. They couldn't come to where the people were drowning because if they had come, most of people would have come into the lifeboat. The whole thing would have sunk. If Noah had opened the door, that would have been the end. Rain, rain, go away. He said, Noah said, you just be praying. Close the door and that was it. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the, when the Son of Man shall come. To be like this, as I'm talking, I, see, I could suddenly just vanish. Wow. I'll be extracted. Because before the nuclear thing starts and the earthquakes and the things which are going to hit Accra and hit the world begin, Charlie, I'm moving out. How many are moving with me out of this place? Hey, Charlie, you, if you owe people money, you are free from your debt. <laughs> you just leave everything. All your problems, you just move off. Charlie. Those of you who have problems, some of you are wondering whether you will marry, when you will marry, how you will marry, who will you marry, what will happen, whether you have a child, you won't have a child, this, this, that. all those things will not matter anymore. How many are excited about that? Come on, give a lot of shout. It's great news. I said it's great news. I said it's great news. Before Christ begins the destruction of this world, there's going to be what we call the extraction. Now turn to Revelations. Now many people don't understand the book of Revelations. But today, I want you to understand something in the book of Revelations. Chapter 1. You see, let me summarize the book of Revelations for you. The book of Revelations consists of, if you like, two main parts. The first part of the book of Revelation talks about the churches. Do you remember? Write unto the church and say that there's the church at Sardis, the church at Laodicea, the church at um, um, Philadelphia, and so on. Write unto the church. Tell them this, 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 and that. Now, in the first part of the vision, you see Jesus Christ in Revelation chapter 1. You see him standing there for everybody to see amen verse 12 revelation chapter 1 verse 12 it says i tend to see the voice that spake unto with me and being turned i saw seven golden candlesticks and in the midst of the seven candlesticks one like unto the son of man 
clothed with a garment down to the foot and get about with the paps with a golden girdle. All right? Now, verse 20. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. Amen. Now, Jesus Christ is pictured in the first part of Revelation. Like I said, there are just two parts. Just take it as two parts. I'm summarizing it says oversimplification, but for the purpose of understanding it, just understand, just receive what I'm saying. First part is simply Jesus Christ in the midst of his churches, standing in the midst of the golden candlestick, talking to his church. That's now. Now the church exists. Jesus is in the midst of his church. He's talking to the church all the time. Even dead churches, he's talking to them. Some people say, well, that church is dead. Jesus talks even to dead churches. There is no church which bears the name of Christ, which Jesus has forsaken us at now. Every church, the Bible says, I write unto you because you are dead. That's the reason why you are being written, because you are dead. So that every dead church, every living church, whatever, Jesus is in the midst of his church. That is the first part of revelation so you, you see right onto the church in laodicea the church in sardis etc now there are two schools of thought one group of people believe that these churches these seven churches actually are churches which existed at the time and another school of thought believes that this is a description of the churches through the ages so each of the church describes a period of the church life or the ch- of church history all right so but some of us like myself uh, believe that it reflects both it's both a letter to churches that existed at the time and it's also prophetic about churches that the uh, a reflection of church history and you realize at the very end that uh, you have the last church you see in revelation chapter 3 i know thy words that thou art neither cold nor hot i would that you were cold Verse 17, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and I have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy gold tried with fire. You realize that one characteristic of the church today is that the church is rich. You know, and the church has, it feels that it has increased with goods. One of the most powerful organizations in the world, the Catholic Church. Catholic Church fed Ghana in 1983. I went to Catholic Relief Services and saw all the work that they did. I studied it in medical school. I had to go there. They looked after us. They gave us oil. They gave us food. They gave us the, they, Their hospitals are the best. Their schools are the best. I was trained in a Catholic school. I went to a Catholic school. That's the best schools you can have. That's a church. Powerful, rich. You go around Ghana and see the big, big schools and buildings. Catholic. All the church. Yeah, we are all brothers and sisters. It's the same church. Lighthouse included. Whatever Catholic does, it represents Lighthouse. <laughs> Amen. They, 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 are, they have diplomatic status. They are powerful. They are a nation within the nation. You see? So, the very end of the church age shows the church powerful, rich, blessed. But he says that you don't know that even you are not. You see, as many as I love, I rebuke. Amen. And uh, uh, that thou mayest see, and that I come, I will come to him and sup with him, and he that overcometh, I will let him sit with me in the throne. He that has a year, 
hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So that is the book of Revelation. Then, in, in the book of Revelation, there are several portions which are interjected, parenthetical sections of the book, which are just sort of like explanatory. And uh, which they don't, they don't flow in sequence, so you may get confused. But if you remember this simple formula that I'm giving you, there are two main parts. One is where the church exists. And the other part is where there is no church anymore. And that is where you have the distraction. And the distraction can be put into a simple formula of seals, trumpets, and bowls of distraction. Alright, so the whole of Revelations is actually a series of distraction that comes upon the earth. Seven seals are removed and with each seal is a certain distraction. At the end of the seals, it's like a, a, like a what do they call it? A knockout. You see, when it is, you light one, prrr, then when it gets to there, it starts the other one. Prrr, so when the seven seals go, prrr, then it gets to the seven trumpet. Prrr, when it finishes seven trumpet, prrr, seven bowls. Then the whole world is finished. So that's the whole of Revelation. So how many understand Revelation from today? It's, it's as simple as that. Alright, so that's all. Now you realize that when the distractions begin, seven seals, seven trumpets, and so on, there's no more mention of the church. The church is not anywhere. We are not there. <laughs> we, are, we, are, we are drinking wine in heaven. I said we are drinking heavenly juice. We are playing our harps. We are walking on streets of gold. We are relaxing. Please, I pray you will not be here. Look at chapter 6, Revelations. How many have understood Revelation from today? Good. Only six people understood. How many have understood Revelation from today? All right? So it's very, very easy to understand. All right? Best. So after um, uh, chapter 4, after the church ends in chapter 3, sorry, chapter 4, you will notice something happens. After this, I looked. Huh? And what happened? And a door was open in heaven. A major gate was open in heaven. Now the man who was on earth, notice what is happening. A door is opening. And the first voice which I heard was as it were like a trumpet. How many have heard of a trumpet sounding somewhere in the Bible? What is a trumpet going to sound about? What is that sound that trumpet going to sound? And with the sound of a trumpet. Huh? You don't know about the sound of trumpet in the Bible? When Jesus comes, is they not going to come with the sound of a trumpet? Okay, read on. You see, the first three chapters is just talking about the church. After that, there's no more church. Because he says, a door was open. The first voice which I heard was like a trumpet talking with me. We said, come up. <laughs> come up. It's finished. It's finished now. Church issues are over. Come up. And I will show you things which must be here after. After here. Here after the church. This is the church age. And after the church, I'm now going to show you the things which must come after the church. And so when you read from here on, you don't see church anywhere, Revelation. But at the beginning, you see church, 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 church. Then come, I'll show you the things that will come after the church. Ladies and gentlemen, our days are numbered here. Hallelujah. I said the days of Lighthouse, Catholic, Anglican, Methodist, Central, Gubligop, whatever. Our days are numbered here. Amen. 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 Now, 
How do I know that our days are numbered? How do I know that? Now, somebody will ask, now, when the great destruction begins, how, how long will it last? It's going to last for seven years. Ah, pastor, how do you know it's going to last for seven years? How do you know it's going to last for seven years? It's in the Bible. Amen. It is in the Bible. So seven years of destruction are going to take place. How many would like to be in Ghana when seven years of destruction? Even now the hospital, Kolebu, cannot handle. Doctors are on strike. This, that, that, blah, blah, blah. How much more when seven years of destruction happen? Eh? Ghana, when there is a fire and they call fire service, fire service come after the fire. <laughs> Have you not noticed that the fire service comes after the fire? There was a fire somewhere. When the fire service came, they almost stoned them. They came later. Hmm. Now, turn with me to Daniel chapter 9. Oh, my brother. I hope you will not be so busy about doing something that you will be left behind. Yeah, it will be sad. Can you imagine if you are left behind? Now, pastor, I know those who will be left behind, the unbelievers who are dancing in the discos. Hey, the Bible says two shall be in a field. One will be taken, one will be left. The Bible says two will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, one will be left. What? The Bible says ten virgins, ten virgins. All of them were virgins, real virgins, real virgins. Not make-believe ones, real ones. They came to the wedding, clothed in white, wearing everything. They, were, they had oil, they had lamps, they had whatever. They were all at the wedding. And then suddenly, the bridegroom came. What happened? Five were ready, and five were not ready. Why were five taken, and why were five left? Because they were not virgins. Because they were not at the same wedding. Because they were not in the same church. You may be in the same church. You see, that's why I said, that's why it looks like some people may be in the church and will be taken and others in the church will be left. Could it be that the rapture comes, some of the pastors will be? Look at how the pastors are saying, oh, they are saying some way. What about the choristers? Could it be? Huh? Could it be that maybe as I'm preaching now, suddenly, pam, 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 Go, 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 go. And then we are left with. Let, let me show you. The first row of you can move to the other side. Second row. One, two, three, four. Wait behind. Go, take your bag and everything, go. Take your bag. Back row, you can also go. Last by one row, first few go. Take your bags and go, move to the other side. The rapture is happening now. <laughs> uh, one, two, three, you can go. Please go, the rapture is happening. One, two, three. No, no, wait. You stay. One, two, three, go. All right. Okay, the last people at the top. Here, come. One, two, three, four. You can also go. All right. Clap for them. They are being raptured. They are being raptured. They are being raptured. 
You, come. You can be right here. Come. <laughs> yeah, you can go. You are raptured. The one in the back there, you are raptured. Come. But that's not how the rapture will be. Or it will come suddenly. <laughs> now I'm doing some selection. Uh, two of you come. The two of you come. You can also go. Go to heaven. Look at that. The rapture has taken place. And look at that. The video man. You didn't go. <laughs> CNN cameraman. That's why. You are from CNN. That's why you stay behind. Look at that. Look at how many they were, and then what would you do now? What would you do, my sister? What, what would you do? It's very serious, oh. Now, what would you do? The equipment is here, the, our Bibles will be here, our jackets, everything left behind, people's bags, money. You can have every money, you can have everything. It's yours. But you are going to need it. I'm going to need it. So, on Sunday, you come to church. What would you do? Who will be here? You have to form a new ministry. Survivors. <laughs> Survivors. Uh, one, come up. One, two, three. One, two, come. And then one, two. You. No, you stay. One, two, come. Supposing it's only two of them who are left behind. It will be very, very sad. Don't you think that it will be very sad? Oh. In fact, you know, me, one of the things that has kept me as a Christian is this, this thing. When I imagine, I say, hey. Hey. And you know those who will be left, those who are not ready, not those who are not Christians, those who are not ready. Ready is the way. There are people who say, oh, in 1989, I was doing this for the Lord. In 19 this, I was doing this. In 19 this, hey, the people had oil in, in those days. They had oil, but at the time the trumpet sounded, it was whether you had oil at that time. That's what mattered. I used to be in SU. We are not SU now. We are talking about now. I, I used to do follow-up. Now, now, what do you do now? That's why, you see, it's not good enough to be a Christian in 1998. Oh. What you ever did for the Lord now, be doing more. This year. Otherwise, you can find yourself in serious waters. You see, as I'm talking, it looks like madness. But one day, it's going to happen. It's just, it's just going to happen. Everything will not matter. Only this, whether you know Christ. Oh, I think you can also be raptured. You look very, very lonely over there. Hallelujah. All right. I think you can be raptured too. So, are you like here? You're okay. Okay, you can, you, can, you can be raptured. So, you can move. Unless you want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Daniel chapter 9. Now we've got to go through this very quickly. Uh, how long is this? How long is this terrible season going to last for? I am predicting it's going to last for seven years. That is what most theologians believe. In Daniel chapter 9, you will see 
a very important uh, mystery there. It says, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people. We, we don't have time to go back into the context, but you can go home and read it for yourself. Daniel was praying. He was waiting on God to know about Israel. What, what was going to happen to Israel? Now it says, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Wow! That is a big mouthful. You have to go and read. But listen carefully. It says 70 weeks. Now, what God was saying here was that 70 weeks of punishment is going to happen to the people of Israel. Alright? And how many know when, when we're in school you get 6 lashes, 24 lashes. So it's like, by all means you have to receive the 24 lashes. How many have received 24 lashes before? Give me a wave. 24. Did you have all the 24 at the same time? How many have received lashes? Some today, some tomorrow. It was spread out in phases. My brother, you had, how many times was it? How, how long, how, how was it spread out? How was it spread out? Three days. Every three days you were getting some, all right. <laughs> okay. Now, you see, now, what you must understand is that at the end of the day, you have this, the 24 lashes. Okay, now what is happening is that God is showing here that 24, 70 weeks of punishment is determined. At the end of the day, 70 weeks would, would have taken place. Whether it is today, a little here, a little here, 70 weeks would have been. Now, he showed how those 70 weeks were going to be shared. All right? Now, listen carefully, because this is very prophetic. It's very clear in the Bible. You will sit down and it will happen. You'll be wondering. It says, after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the war desolations are determined verse 27 and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week everybody say one week and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease and for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate even until the consummation and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate all right, very difficult to understand, but easy to grasp if you listen carefully. It says, you see, Daniel was praying to find out what was going to happen. And God told him, look, the whole punishment is 70 weeks. Now, he went on to explain that from the going forth in verse 25, look at it carefully, please. From the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem, Unto the Messiah the prince shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. How many is that? Sixty, sixty-nine weeks. Is that not so? Now, in this context, a week represents a week of years or seven years. Amen. 
Are you listening to me? Seven years. So, 69 weeks of years. Now, in 445 BC, King Artaxerxes of Persia, on the 14th of March, gave a commandment that Jerusalem should be rebuilt. From that date, you see, this is just history. From that date, when that instruction was given for Jerusalem to be rebuilt, right up to April the 6th, AD 32, when Jesus Christ re-entered, entered Jerusalem on a donkey, that period is exactly 483 years, including leap years, 483 years, which is 69 weeks of years. Or 69 times 7. Are you here or you've, you've, you've flown? Are you, are you flying? It has happened. Now I'm telling you historical facts. That, that, that is a history. You can go and read the history book. When the instruction was given, rebuild Jerusalem. 445 BC, a particular person there. Right up to the time when Jesus entered as the king of kings. And to the Messiah, the prince. He came riding in on a donkey. And to that time, 483 years. And that is 69 weeks of years. Or that is 69 times 7. So now it's remaining one week of the punishment. Is that not so? Are you here or you've gone home? One week of that thing that has been determined. Now it goes on. And it says, and he, all right, shall confirm the covenant. Of verse 26. After three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Now, in this case, he was talking about the Roman general who was going to come and destroy the city of Jerusalem. And he came in AD 70. He, AD 70, he came and destroyed Jerusalem. Jerusalem was totally destroyed. And from the time that Jerusalem was destroyed, it has not existed until 14th of May, 1948, when Israel became a nation again. Until then, for 2,000 years virtually, Israel did not exist. The nation Israel did not exist. So it says that in verse 27, he, that is the Roman emperor or Roman general, whatever he is, shall confirm or make an agreement, verse 27, with many for one week. That is because you realize that it's left with seven years of what is going to happen. And you realize that the Roman emperor or Roman general must come. Amen. And now we all realize that the Roman emperor about 400 AD, about 400 years after the death of Christ, the Roman empire just fizzled out. It did not exist anymore. The Roman empire just was divided into two. One here, one here. Finished. It did not exist anymore. Europe has come out of that. But so there's been no Roman Empire. So how can this seven years be fulfilled again? It cannot be fulfilled because there's no Israel. There's no Roman Empire. Are you understanding? But in 1948, everybody say in 1948. The Roman, the, the nation of Israel came back after almost 2,000 years. Can you imagine if Ghanaians were dispersed abroad? Would we come back and form another nation, Ghana? Even there was, we would naturalize as Germans or uh, Dutch people, whatever, you know. 
But Israel, they came back. They fought and they came back. And that was only after the Second World War. They came back and they formed a nation. And they have been there. They have been attacked. They have had six wars. They have been attacked several times. Although the Jews around them, I think there are about 200 million of them. And Israel is just a few, six, five, six million. The Arabs around, sorry. More than 100 million of them all around attacking. And these few people, three to six million of them, they are there and they have survived. 1967, they survived the war. They've been surviving all the wars and they are there. Powerful. Iraq wants to kill them. Powerful, they are there. It has come to pass. Israel has become a real nation after thousands of years. So now, it, the stage has been set where the Roman emperor, amen, can make a covenant with the people, amen, probably with Israel for the seven weeks, the seven year period. But now there is no Roman empire, isn't that so? Is there a Roman empire? No, there's no Roman empire. Is that not so? But the Roman empire is now being reformed. In 1992, they formed the European Union. Uh, they, they, they started, they, I think they removed all their barriers and so on. Now, you drive through Europe. Europe has become one big nation. And that is the Roman Empire that is being reformed. And 1st of January 1999, the new currency, which is going to dominate world economy, has been introduced. Because Europe has more people than the whole of America. So the euro is going to be the most powerful currency. Soon, now when people are saying, how much is this? It's $10, $1,000 and so on. It will be 1,000 euros. And now the Roman Empire is back again. And now that the Roman Empire is back again, we are ready for that leader. Remember, you see, there are so many visions in Daniel. I saw 10 toes. You realize that the toes were mixed iron and clay. So you realize that the thing cannot be united properly, but it's still a union. That is Europe, as it is. And you see that it has come to, to exist. You realize, uh, the Bible says, I saw a beast having ten horns, seven heads. You realize, and he said that on the heads were found the names of blasphemy. Blasphemy, and that's Europe today. Blasphemy is the number one thing you can find in Europe, where they don't want to have anything to do with God. Europe, you know, if anybody who has been to Europe will know, I have talked to Europeans, white people. I asked a, a certain young, uh, 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 a certain lady who was selling uh, watches in a shop, I said to her, do you believe in God? She looked at me and said, listen, I believe in myself. I don't believe in any, I don't believe in anything. When we were buying a keyboard for our church in London in 1993, I went to the, I went to the shop and I, as the man was trying the keyboard out, I said to him, sir, do you believe in Jesus? He turned to me. Suddenly, a very cordial person who had been trying to sell the keyboard to me, he turned to me and said, listen, I don't want any talk about religion in my shop. I don't want any talk about religion or politics here. Finish. I said, please. I just want to buy my keyboard and go. That's all. These are the nations which do not believe in God. Now, when you see the destruction that is about to hit, because people have not turned to God and have not repented. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a very fearful thing. Because now that Europe has come, now one currency, we are not going to have Deutschmarks, Gilders, French francs, all those things are finished, over. Within three years, all those things will be gone. Euros. Now the empire is there. And then the events begin. 
Ladies and gentlemen, human beings have never made any weapon that they did not use. The stage is being set. So, maybe within the next few years, <laughs> that's it. Oh yeah, I know we have a lot of plans. Oh, but honestly, honestly, that's why I said that in 1999, your spiritual vision must be the most important vision. Because if you are left behind, I don't know what you will do. Because we will not be here. Because Charlie, me, I plan to be there. How many are going with me? Charlie, I plan not to be here. When the mark of the beast and the antichrist and all those things come about, I plan to be there. And it's not a matter of just planning. It's a matter of being ready. How many are going to be ready in Jesus' name? Lift your hand and say, thank you, Lord. I'm going to be ready. Say, I want to be ready. Now listen, before I end, I want to say this. As we prepare for Christ, it does not mean that we have to stop doing things. Because somebody told me, I said, I don't feel like building my house again. <laughs> Bible says we should build. We should plant. But it will happen whilst we are building. I, I, in fact, I'm not allowed to predict, but I wonder whether we will, whether our generation will die off and a new generation will come before Christ returns. I really wonder. I really, really, really wonder. Because now the thing is there. The thing is there. The, the, the Europe, the Roman Empire, the Israel, everything. And the Bible says that you hypocrites, you can see the signs. You know when Hamatan is coming. Don't you? How do you know when Hamatan is coming? December. That's one. Number two, you see the one December. Number two, you can see. There's a very heavy rain that comes the day before Hamatan arrives. Isn't that so? Yeah. As soon as it happens, you know Hamatan is coming tomorrow. These things have happened. Zim is going to happen next. So if you are here today, you are playing around with your Christian life like this. If you are here and you are putting other things before Christ, Ralph, be careful. I wouldn't like you to be left behind, Ralph. That we've all gone and you are here spinning for Jesus. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> serious. I'm, I'm very serious, though. Because, you see, I, I feel that people will be surprised. I really feel so. And I feel people are looking at their past credentials. I used to be. I used to have lamp. I used to have oil. I am this. I've been born again. Here's my certificate. School of the Word. No. Now. What do you do for Christ? Listen. This is not a year to be angry with anybody. This is not a year to quarrel. This is a year to rise up and pursue Christ like never before. Pursue. You people, some of you, you laugh at us because we, you are a doctor. Instead of going to practice and earn money, you look at what you are doing, preaching and then collecting offerings. You look at Reverend Sakshay, he's a lawyer. Instead of concentrating on his law, one day, what we are doing, you will see how we are blessed, how it's good that we did it. All else will be nothing. You, how you envy us. Say, Chale, I didn't know that maybe you thought that I just had three more years, so I should have used those three years. Can you imagine? See why? If it's only three more years. <laughs> Larry, can you imagine? Let's say we go only three more years left. Three years? Three years? Can you imagine? If they told you you have three years more, what would you do? If they told you you have three years more before Christ, what would you do? 
you three years. They give you three. You have three years. Oh, they told you you have three years to die. What would you do? Whatever you do, do it now, please. I'm not saying you're going to die. I'm not saying Christ is coming. He can come. In fact, he could come this afternoon. It's not, it's not a valid to happen. Stand to your feet. Let's close. All right. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you are here today, maybe somebody invited you to church, but you don't know Jesus as your personal savior. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my life to God. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Maybe if Christ were to come today or tomorrow, you don't know whether you go to heaven or hell. Today is your day. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my life to God. If you are here like that, just lift up your right hand and I'm going to pray with you. Yes, I see your hand. God bless you. I see so many hands. Thank you. I see your hands. God bless you. Lift it up high. Pastor, pray with me. You know, if Christ comes today, this is not a joking matter. We are now talking about life and death. If you are here like that, lift your right hand high. And I'm going to pray a special prayer with you this morning before we close. God bless you. All those who have lifted your hands, come to the front, please. Come. I'm coming down. You to come to me. Come from where you are. Come here. God bless you. Oh, put your hands together for them as they come. Amen. 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 Come to Jesus. Come. This is a time to be established in the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, keep clapping for them as they come. Keep clapping. From upstairs. Come. Come. From upstairs. Come to Jesus. This is not a year for dilly-dallying. This is a year for being serious with God. It's a year for taking God seriously. It's not something that is far away. It's something that is real. Something that is happening. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.